Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. One of the things Jesus said is that we needed to be we need to love one another and and the Bible is full of examples of intergenerational relationships. There was always a desperate need for that, and in our society today, we seem to have missed a lot of that. We welcome back to the show Hans Finzel, who's brought along a co-author with him, Patrick Kelly. We're super glad to have you guys on the show today. Welcome to I Work For Him. Our cross-generational thinking has opened me up on how to deal with with boomers in, in new ways and understand, you know, where they came from. So, yeah, that, I would say probably five years ago, um, I, was, I wasn't authentic towards boomers, right? I didn't give them what the, the I would say, the generosity, the respect, and the, uh, you know, I would say the life that I'm giving them now. Mm. So there was something that you guys said that I just want you, I can only imagine when you were talking about, you know, we, the boomers maybe want only boomers to work with them that are like them, that, um, because then it, you know, you just have less conflict. But I remember a couple decades ago when we struggled with having organizations that had like group think issues where everybody thought the same and you weren't you weren't growing, you weren't challenging. And um, Patrick, you made a comment that, you know, because of some of the conflict, it's caused um, organizations to have to try to figure it out. So really, this is such a healthy place to be in in a in a, um, an organization, as long as somebody takes up this mantle and says, "Let's deal with the conflict." So, I mean, Hans, I mean, that's, I mean, you look at, I mean, companies have disappeared off the map because it couldn't eliminate this generational issue. <laughs> but you know, as, all this misunderstanding and this judging of each other is heartbreaking and it's destructive. Hans, the Bible clearly speaks as Jesus followers. That's not supposed to be part of our lives. Exactly. We should be compassionate. And again, uh, back to my servant leader paradigm, if you're in any kind of meeting, uh, and I say anybody that influences anybody else is a leader, and if you're in any kind of management role or leadership role, and I think that's where Patrick uh, experienced a lot of condemnation from the owners and the managers of the, these businesses in the Central Valley of California, the fruit industry, and I as a believer, again, I feel like I need to be a servant leader, uh, and I need to have a heart of compassion and, and, and get to know other people. And not it's not all about me and my way. You know, my way or the highway. You know, that's, mm. <laughs> that's that doesn't work. School, that's old school, arrogant, baby boomerish. But um, that's that shouldn't be our um, our approach because again I, I really believe one of the greatest job of a leader is to develop other leaders and to mentor the, the young up and coming generations. So that's part of being a servant leader. Now if you're full of pride and you're threatened by the young, you're not gonna do that. But mm-hmm. if you just relax and realize, you know, every generation comes and then they go. That's what the book of Ecclesiastes says. You know, we're just like dust. We appear and we think our life is all that great, but it's going to be gone. And so if I want to build a legacy and finish well, I want to prepare the generations coming after me. And that's why I have a, a real heart for uh, millennials and Gen Xers. 
That's awesome. So in your book, Millennial Boom, that we're talking about, Hans, you wrote 10 insights for working well with millennials. For our listeners' sake, why don't you give us a couple of your top, give us three of your top um, insights so that we can maybe take those even today and try to apply them to working well with millennials that are around us. Absolutely. And um, let me just, okay. So number one, not all millennials are equal. Okay, that's so important to remember. You know, these stereotypes that we talk about in the book, boomers have these stereotypes that every millennial is lazy, no millennial wants to work hard, they don't want to show up at 8 o'clock, you know, they're spoiled. All these uh, stereotypes, not all millennials are equal. Mm. Uh, Number two, and here's something I learned from Patrick, millennials are very fluid in their work habits and work boundaries. You know, for we, uh, the builder generation, the boomer generation, we, our concept of work is we go to work. <laughs> and Patrick mm-hmm. tells a funny story in the book about his grandmother who, whenever he talks to her, she says, Are you at work? Because I don't want to bother you if you're at work. And Patrick likes to work in a fluid environment. He might be at Starbucks, he might be at home on the couch with one of his little kids on his lap. And so millennials are fluid in work habits and boundaries, and that does not mean they're lazy. Okay? Okay. Um, I'll give you one more. Don't take their challenges of the way we do things personally. Uh, We talk about power distance, and every uh, generation in America, the younger the generation, the less power distance there is between follower and leader. You know, the builders, it was all about respect. You know, the boomers, because of the Vietnam War and, and all the assassinations, we reduced the power distance. Now, between millennials and their bosses, they're zero power. The meaning, they'll get in our face, and we take it as disrespect. Wow, that was disrespectful, what you just said to me. Well, I've learned, hey, don't take it personally. They just like to challenge the status quo, and it's, again, because of this cultural cultural a decrease of the power distance. So I've learned to not take it personal. When Patrick challenges me or when the millennial challenges me about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it this way. So that's really important. Patrick Kelly, you wrote a 10 insights for working well with, no, you wrote 10 insights that are critical for you to understand in order for you to thrive in a work environment with boomers. What are your top three? Yeah, perfect. So I would say number eight is my number one because they're a lot. They're mixed around uh, for my for my pleasure, right? But I would say number eight. You know, boomers aren't as rigid as we think. You know, people. They, you know, my, my generation. They they see uh, an old the older generation, whether it's a Gen X or a boomer, and they just think, oh, I don't know. Are they approachable? Can I talk to them? Should I? Well, guess what? They're not as rigid. They're delicate. They're delicate to their life. They're delicate to their work, just as we are. So we need to keep an open mind when approaching the workplace and how we go about doing business in and out of the work so we can thrive together. So boomers aren't as rigid as we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, number, I, also, number 10 is my number two. Challenge. Challenge, challenge, challenge. But challenge in a good way. Millennials need to challenge boomers gracefully and respectfully in the workplace. And it's not the traditional, 
uh, old respect. It, it's traditional as in let's be communicated to each other, let's be transparent, and I will respectfully add my advice or input as needed to get the project or to get us moving in the direction we need to go. So do your part to get past the generalizations that plague the workplace every day. And then my number three is number five in the book, okay? Take the time to listen. One of my biggest points in my emotional intelligence is active listening. I don't actively listen enough. Podcasts like this help me all the time because it helps me listen to what's saying as I'm not able to speak, right? So as millennials get out there, they need to take the time to listen and understand boomers. They have so much to contribute within the workplace. We as millennials need to have an open mind when boomers want to do things in a certain way. We just have to take it all in, learn it, learn and trust the process, and bring our ideas and input and present them at the right time. That's That's awesome. So I'm going to restate those real quick, and then I have one more follow-up question for that. So your number one was boomers aren't as rigid as you think they might be. Um, Number two, challenge in a good way. Number three, take time to listen. And um, so I have this question for you, Patrick, as you um, look at those things. How, what does, what do, give me one example of what that looks like in an environment where it's not been happening, where maybe, I mean, is it, is it create a way to be more approachable? Is it find some way to have a conversation? How do you, what does that look like for our listeners who today are saying, I don't, I have boomers in my workplace I haven't even had a conversation with before. How do, how do they begin? You know what? I mean, I think the first thing is uh, the communication part of it. You know, I think you're going to put, they say put your money up, right? You know, so if a millennial has an idea or wants to reach some type of a particular community or some type of impact, right, um, whether it's on a personal or even a e-commerce level, um, they got to start by communicating, right? you got to start up by going up and, and talking, right? So boomers aren't as rigid as we think. We need to get past the generalizations in the workplace, go out, put our hand out, and say, hi, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is actually taking the confidence to actually reach out like Hans and I did on an airplane. Because right. if you were to ask Hans if he speaks to people on airplanes, his answer is the same every time someone asks him. What is the answer, Hans? Do you talk to people on the airplane? Absolutely not. (laughs) I put on my headphones, and I don't want to talk to anybody because I'm an introvert. And uh, Patrick kind of bulldozed himself into my face and into my space, and uh, it was cool. It was cool. It was respectful but aggressive, and and that's Patrick. I like that about him. So let's talk about... As we close out the show, let's talk about these five areas of conflict that tend to show themselves in some real practical ways for us to eliminate them in our work environment, our church environment, our neighborhoods, our families even. Really quick, go. Let me just rattle them off real quick. The five areas of conflict, workplace and workspace. Number two, schedules and priorities. Number three, dress and body art including facial hair. Number four, marriage and children. Number five, technology. So those are the five areas that we unpack in our book, Millennial Boom, where where there's a real conflict and stereotypes between the generations. I don't know if you want to drill into one of those, but that's... Well, let's talk about... Patrick, let's just talk about dress, okay? Uh, Hans, when he got his first job, had to wear a suit and a tie, 
and, and really you know, shiny patent leather shoes. You got your first job. You didn't have to do that. I mean, why is the dress such a big deal? You know, it, it, I would say it really depends, right? So when I got, I would say, my first job, I worked for my dad uh, and my uncle. Like, we had a family business, but my dad, made, there was a dress code. It was khakis and a collared shirt, right? So there was some type of dress code, but was not anything like Hans or my father, like you said, in the suit. Um, I, I think that the casualness has come down over the years as I've worked for Fortune 500 companies and private organizations that kind of are very lenient uh, to the dress code. And I believe it's all about being comfortable because it's not – just look at Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and how much social media is impacting likes, right? And if you are not authentic and true to who you are, how am I going to do business with you? How am I going to talk to you on a personal level or, or uh, create an emotional touch with you if you're just asking the park to go to work? We're not actors. We, we put on a suit because it's a dress code, but we also want to live our life as authentic as can be. And I think over time, we, we blood that into the workplace. And I say that we would show up not wearing the right dress code. I remember having a job at Walgreens when I was a kid, you know, during the summer, and I remember I would come right after my cheerleading practice. I was a, I was a gymnast. I did cheerleading very competitively. And I would have white sneakers on. And I could tell you I was written up because there was no, you wouldn't want to have tennis shoes on. But, you know, I, would, I had to go to work. And every once in a while I forgot those shoes. So I'd wear my sneakers, my gym sneakers. I'd still have blue, blue pants on, the wall cream shirt, my vest. But I would have white sneakers on, right? And blooded into that community. I never got fired from that job and then all of a sudden things changed right you started seeing more shoes like that in the workplace right a lot of different factors come in that's because old people realize their feet are killing them because they're wearing (laughs) stupid (laughs) shoes forever all right let's talk about let's talk about the the perspective hans uh, of the marriage and family between the boomer generation and the millennial generation today Okay, so I, I learned from Patrick that millennials don't want to uh, replicate our marriage and family style. Why? Pretty obvious. Uh, half of boomer marriages have crashed and burned, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Patrick grew up in a broken home. Uh, my children always told me, Mom and Dad, you're the only parents of all of our friends that are still together. So we did something wrong as a generation and so millennials, in fact, a lot of them are not getting married for that very reason, because they don't want to, you know, they'll cohabitate, but they're like, man, I've seen marriages, not for me. Right. And so that's, and so we have to embrace the fact that they are um, doing it different. Uh, and, and, and if we really understand why they're doing it different, we should point the finger at ourselves. And so uh, millennials aren't big at asking for us parents, uh, boomer parents, for advice. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, definitely our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, 
If today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iWorkForHim and online, iWorkForHim.com. 